Hello, and welcome to the Four Bronx Community Podcast. My name is Laura Levine Pinedo, and I am the founder and the director of the Four Bronx Project. My journey has led me to such amazing neighbors with such interesting stories, and I am ready to share them with you. I invite you to join us as we meet members of our community, such as small business owners and so much more. Let's support local, and let's have a cup of tea together and chat about all things community. Good morning and welcome to episode three of the Before Bronx Community Podcast. I am very excited today. We are here with DJ Tony Crush of the Cold Crush Brothers. Welcome, Tony. How are you? Hello, my everybody. Hus- <laughs> my husband is so jealous right now. He's a big, big fan of you guys. Well, and why I'm- he's not here? Because I have to work. We got to leave him at home. Oh, <laughs> man. So getting into things, 2023 marks the 50th anniversary of hip hop. Which was started in the Bronx, right? Yes. And there are weekly events taking place all over the city, including libraries, museums, concerts, art exhibits, murals, photo exhibits, street fairs, tours, TV specials, podcasts, Hulu and Netflix specials, FIT fashion exhibit, Lincoln Center. Well, not just all over the city, all over the world. Different countries, different boroughs, different states, all over. This is a very big deal, and yes. I'm here sitting next to one of the pioneers of hip-hop. So, um, New York City Mayor Eric Adams, our Governor Kathy Hochul, Chuck Schumer, Kirsten Gillibrand, and several borough presidents are actively involved in the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. $5 million was given to the Universal Hip-Hop Museum um, by federal funds, and we there is a huge uh, concert in Yankee Stadium scheduled for when? Yes, August 11th is marked as hip-hop's birthday. Okay, so we have a big concert coming in Yankee Stadium for those who are interested. So today we sit here with one of the pioneers of hip-hop. Tony Crush is a member of the Cold Crush Brothers. You were inducted into the Smithsonian African American Museum this year? Yes, not what? this year, two years ago. Two years when ago. When they opened the African American Park. What part. an honor. Like, you will forever be marked in history. Yes. That is really an honor and an accomplishment. And two weeks ago, the Cold Crush Brothers were inducted into the National Hip Hop Museum. Yes, this one right here. Okay, I I see this plaque right here. This is in the DC area? Yes. And last month, you were given the key to the city by Bronx Borough President Vanessa L. Gibson. Yes, and the mayor. And the mayor. Yes. That is amazing. So, can is there like a thing we can open this key? Like, where, where do we put this key? I'm I'm excited. Well, the key is right here. Well, that, that is amazing. So, that is so it's amazing. Very, it's in a I beautiful mean, very box. Seldom that people get keys. So that is such an accomplishment. You must be so proud. Honor. Yes. Yes. So the beginning of hip hop and and how it started, we're going to talk about that a little bit. I have a few names here: um, DJ Cool Herc, Grand Wizard Theodore. Grandmaster Flash and Africa Bambada? Bambada, yes. Amazing. Um, um, Bambada is one of the parts, heads of the Zulu Nation, Universal Zulu Nation, which is not a gang. It is a, a community-friendly organization. Cool Herc is a Jamaican-born person that moved to the Bronx and out of his, his sister asked him to do her back to school party in the center of the buildings, um, 1520 on Cedric Avenue. From that party, birthed hip hop. On Cedric Avenue. Yes. That's where I kind of grew up, so that's pretty yes. cool. Yes. That's really, really I mean, cool. It wasn't like. By the reservoir? Yeah. 
It, it, it was no farther down. Farther down by um, Cedar Park on the other side of okay. Cedar Park, right by where Trey, not Tracy Tower. Um, what's the the big tall building? Huh? Uh, I, it'll come back. Um, but he didn't. He didn't know he was starting a culture. So this didn't happen on purpose. This was an accident. This was an accident. As this, all good these, things we are. We was kids. We was kids. Um, but we realized early from the music that he was playing, people had to take off their gang colors okay. to go to the jams. So it, the jams were a neutral place yes, for everybody. Yes. There was no violence. There was no yes. nothing like that. Okay. Just enjoying the music and everything. Um, most of the music was jazz, rock and roll, soul. It wasn't even called R&B yet. Okay. It was soul music, funk music. Um, this is what created was people later named hip hop. For the first eight years, it was we were just jam. So you weren't calling it hip hop. No, we wasn't no, calling it. Was just it a jam. Hip- yeah. It was. Now there's four elements to hip hop. It's actually five. Five. Would you of name the starting element? Okay. Elements. Um, the first one is DJing. Second one, the MC, graffiti, b boy, and the fifth element is knowledge. Um, that's we we look at that, that as the greatest element, the knowledge part, because we try to teach each one, teach one, um, uh, just recognize who you are, who you want people to see you as. Um, help some, always willing to help. You know that that was the basics behind hip hop, bringing people in different cultures together. Um, more than 60% of the music that we was playing was other nationalities. They, it wasn't like they would say, oh, it's black music. No, it wasn't. It was music that we brought in, Bob James, Dennis Coffey, um, um, Gil Scott Heron, um, Santana. You know, these are the music that was being played in Cool Herc's party. And us as, when I say kids, I'm saying um, might have been 16, 17, not old enough to be in his body, but looked old enough. So I was in there and I gravitated to him. I passed out in his party at 17 and the next day I quit drinking just because I wanted to be aware of. And you have not drank since? Nope. That is amazing. And I'm 64 now. That is amazing. But that's how deep it it can be. Right. If you really catch on to something that that elevates, you see, you, we didn't know how the elevation was going to happen, but we pushed it. And, you know, people like Russell Simmons, before he was the Russell Simmons that he everybody knows, he... Blatantly told us it's a fad, it's not gonna last. But he didn't understand how we was gonna push it and how we was gonna carry it and the connection between the Zulu Nation and Japan, the Zulu Nation in Brazil, the Zulu Nation in Australia. These people caught the vibe and start creating it in their areas and then coming to the Bronx to show us what they was doing in their area. We was doing the Zulu Nation anniversary every year in November, the first week in November for for 40 years. 
every November, and we had all kinds of people coming from other countries to show us what they was doing in their areas. That's amazing. I had no idea. I'm not the most educated on hip hop, so this is really cool well, a lot and of interesting are not for me. Because they, at least I admit it, right? <laughs> hey, well, I mean, we do. Um, we got something coming up at the um, Westport Library in Connecticut, and we did we did something there two months ago, and we had uh, more than a hundred people that had never even heard of hip hop. Right. And these are people our age, older, and they say, we never even knew this was going on. It's a quiet movement. It's a peaceful movement. So, of course, you know, they, the news or the, the violence, and they will stick it on hip-hop when it might not be. So, um, like, this started in the 70s, right? Yes, what, what year was it, 73? Yes. yes. So... How did people know about these jams? Was there like, you know, now we do evites and like, oh, everyone, this jam. Well, we this created time. flyers. We had okay. flyer guys that created the flyers that we passed out hand by. We rented the places. We we promoted the places and all that. Then later on, promoters came in and started robbing us of our money. And that's what, that's the chance you take when you're trying to grow it. Right. Um, then the music business come in and they start stealing our money. But that's the chance you take when you want to grow it. Right. Um, you actually just went into my next question without <laughs> me asking you. What were some of the challenges that the pioneers of hip-hop faced? Well, the, the biggest challenge is we didn't know what we was doing. And we was putting it together as we went along. Um, we didn't know the business of music. A lot of things we didn't know because we was kids. You were just kids. Yeah. You at this time you were sixteen, yeah. seventeen, seventeen, yeah. eighteen. But we still learning the business of music, still learning the business of movies, documentaries, all that. We was in a movie in eighty one called Wild Style, which is this is for Wild Style fortieth year. The hip hop museum, yeah. the National Hip Hop Museum. We signed, we signed a contract. As kids, because when I took the contract to my mother, she didn't take it to a lawyer. She said, well, why do they want y'all in the movie? And didn't even think about it. So we signed it, uh, receiving 1% of the gross of the movie to, to split six ways. So I'm still getting checks for $5, $6. Wow. And this movie been, it went from VHS from Betamax to BHS to CD and <laughs> right you know it's still being sought after seen watched and all that but we still getting six dollar checks so you know but that's the stuff we go through trying to make hip hop universal right you know not just on the block universal around the world recognized um in the year 2000, we was invited to the United Nations to sign a treaty with the USA to recognize hip-hop as an act. Tony, I'm honored. You're here in our little <laughs> office. I mean, you know, hey. this is amazing. This is history, and I'm so, so happy to have you here. Um, did you have any, did you experience any pushback from the community when these jams were happening? Well, yes, um, because they thought it was nothing. They thought it was just kids acting out 
didn't know we was actually trying to create a peaceful something positive life. for yes. the community. Um, we we still feed the homeless. You know, we got organizations in other countries, um, like I said, Japan and stuff. We try to send water to places that, you know, need water. Um, I did a um, thing for Fit Flint, Michigan. Right. Did a fundraiser for that to buy cases of water to get out there. Um, one of my partners, he's a motorcycle club um, pre- um, president. Um, they raised two tractor trailers of water um, and they went down to Flint and gave it out door by door you know this is the stuff this is this, the type of stuff that, that hip hop does hip hop culture right not the rap culture it's a whole it's a it's a two different things altogether. yeah now this might cause a little controversy but I have to ask this to you um, which area of the Bronx had the best jams and parties back in the day the area that people was normally scared to go to is there a certain Bronx River Bronx River yeah we used to say Bronx River make your liver quiver oh boy <laughs> <laughs> I need a um, bottle of Gatorade just thinking about that um, the PAL on 138th 183rd Street and Webster Avenue mm-hmm. was a, um, a place um, Cool Herc started a Taft schoolyard um, Taft is on 170th in the concourse um, it was like what's that in the Bronx that's how many people was there. Um, incredible, incredible. And like, what are some fun facts about hip hop in the Bronx? You know, sometimes I go to Fordham Road. Like, is there anything, like, you know, a location now that was a spot back in the day or any other fun well, facts you can tell us? Well, the PAL, the, the PAL. T-Connection on White Plains and, and, and Gun Hill. Um, all the schools, Evander Childs, Stevenson High School, Morris High School, we did jams in the gyms in, the, in Kennedy High School. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Africa Band Bottle with the Kennedy. Um, after he was in Stevenson, then they transferred him to Kennedy. I went to Stevenson and they transferred me to a school called South Bronx High School. Yeah, we from the Bronx. My, uh, we my the Bronx. our tech lady is like, over here like going crazy because she is from the South Bronx. Okay. So she okay. is like loving this. Um, yeah, no, this is this is so great. Um, now, are you pleased with the evolution of hip hop as we know it today? Well, I'm pleased with the evolution of the culture of hip hop that we keep pushing. As far as the rap version, the one that the big companies, the music companies are pushing, no, because they pushing it back into a negative direction. And we pulled away from the negative. Um, disrespecting women um, and all that, we we like put that to bed early in hip hop. And now they bringing it back. Right, so it's yeah. like you've been, it's, it's just challenge upon challenge upon challenge yes, for yes. And, the pioneers and, of hip hop. And, and it's, like we we're old now, so we still trying to teach people our age and the younger people to respect themselves. Um, the women are just off off the hook right now. Uh, you know, they're just I, I don't want my daughter to learn from them. You know, because they they showing a, a stripper's mentality. 
because a lot of them come from that world and they get successful, but they bring that world with them instead of, you know, purging that off. They bring it with them. But if we say something, we owe. Now, were women participating in these jams back in the 70s? We have a, uh, a female that's credited to being the first female MC that was Shy Rock. Okay. Um, she was down with the Funky Four, and then later they became the Funky Four Plus One. Um, Sugar Hill Records, um, they were the first one to do national TV with Deborah Harris. Um, yeah, yeah. Then we had Pebbly Pool. We had... Um, a couple of female DJ Wanda D, um, Debbie D was her MC. Um, we had a, a trio um, sequence that was down with Sugar Hill Record. They did a record, Funk You Up, '79. Um, yes, females. A lot of girl power going yes, on in hip hop. Yes, yes, yes. I love it. Now, Cold Crush Brothers. What is your favorite memory with um, the we, brothers? We. we I, I was with a group called the Brothers Disco um, that later um, developed the Funky Four and the Funky Four Plus One. But when records were started being made, that situation was tearing the groups apart because um, they was taking the best lead MC and making a solo MC. Um, they didn't understand what we was doing, so they was they had us making records behind a band and that and that ain't what we was used to um so i broke off and i formed the cold crush brothers we went through challenges changing members but we accredited as being the temptations of hip-hop the rolling stones of hip-hop because we develop a harmonizing sort of kind of performance and we would dress up in our performance so we tried to grow into being entertainers. Right. So in 83, we had this big battle at this place called Harlem World against another group called the Fantastic Five. Um, and we developed a show called Gangster Chronicles where we wore pinstripe suits and we had toy guns and we put a whole skit together. Not just us jamming. We put a whole skit together, uh, intro to show uh, outro, you know, we try right. to be very professional with it. Um, now we got a show called Cold Crush Brothers Unplugged that somebody was trying to get us on in Vegas to do like on a continuous like to show the uh, the the evolution of the Cold Crush Brothers. Um, we took Barry Manilow records and we made them hip-hop records. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, Run uh, Run DMC did a record called Walk This Way with Aerosmith. Aerosmith. We was already playing that in the hip-hop 10 years before they made that record. And this goes back to when you said that you would take tracks from other cultures and other types of music and blend it. So that's, yes. Yes. Yes, we would rap over Aerosmith, um, rap over Coke Acevedo, um, rap over Bob James records. Barry Manilow too. Yeah. Copacabana. Yeah. Oh, I gotta hear yeah. this. This is the Cold Crush. 
the Coker's Brothers. Yes, yeah. I love it. Yes, we took the bad Coker and we made it our record. We I love it. Yes. I love it. Yes, in hip hop parties. Yes. That's so yes. cool. 50 Ways. Um, the record was 50 Ways to Leave a Woman or something. But we made it 50 Ways to Rock a Party. Right. So, and we took. Um, Bob Dylan rock on and we made it. We took the cartoon Gigantor and we made our theme after that. Um, Billy Joe, 52nd Street, Stiletto. Okay. Yes. I'm just thinking right now, 50 ways to leave a woman. You're going to have to tell me these 50 ways. <laughs> yeah. If any warning well, signs we come. change it to 50 ways to rock a party. Okay. We, we ain't trying to leave I women. To, I need to look for the signs. <laughs> um, you know, I really... Going back in our conversation, you know, there was five of you? Or six of us. Six of you. Kids um, from the Bronx. Kids from the Bronx. Knew nothing about business. Knew nothing about business. In ways were taken advantage of. Yes, in a lot of ways. And you are so respected by all the people that I would know, let's say, of hip-hop. Now, I met you, what, two weeks ago? Yes. yes. <laughs> the question I asked you, and you looked at me like I had ten heads. I'm like, do you know Ice-T from Law & Order? And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> Yes, I do. <laughs> but they all respect you, and they all know you, and they really credit you know you, the Cold Crush Brothers, as the pioneers of hip hop. And without you guys, they would not have been able to pave the way for their own careers. So yes. there's nothing but respect for you. Um, you know, you came into my place of business, and the customers were going like, "Oh my God, it's DJ Tony Crush!" <laughs> like, and I didn't. You know, I'm not. Well, you know, I know my, I, you know, I know like let's say Jay Z, and I, this is you know I'm 33, so this is what I grew up with. Well, so it's in so Jay Z, cool. one of Jay Z records, he states, "I'm overcharging for what they did to the Cold Crush in one of his records." Oh, really? Yes. What song is that? Um, H to the Izzo. Really? Yes. And I saw him perform that in concert okay. with yes. Beyonce. Yes. He yeah. Said, I'm overcharging for what they did to the Cold Crush. That's. What a that's yes. wow, and I like that's yes. a good song. Yes. So, you know, I I really this was such like a great conversation, and I'm really really happy that you came. Um, but going back to this, like, so you guys were taken advantage of. What advice would you have for a Bronx kid who wants to do something and become successful? Like, what you know, this was before you had three one one, before you had small business services, before you had all these different things to help people start their own business and you know, free uh, legal services and things like that. What advice would you give somebody that's trying to come up in the Bronx today? Well, a lot of people are. Blinded, not by eyesight, mind. They blinded by the mind. So you come up wanting a record deal. That's not the thing to do because the record business is shady, and we say that in the record. And a lot of people say that. Um, a lot of people don't believe it. They always think they're gonna make money. The record business is not for the artists to make money. It's for them to make money. So I tell people all the time, get your people together that believe in you. Get your people together that want to invest in you. Put out your own records. Sell your own music. Because that's the only way you're going to get your money. Because if they given, I think it was TLC, that they was giving them 10 cents off a dollar. TLC, the girl band. Yeah. The woman. Yes. Wow. Yeah. 
them, New Edition. Yeah, they all got wow. they all got robbed too. We oh, we used to open up for New Edition when they first came out with Candy Girl. Yeah, they whenever they came to New York, we opened up for them. That makes me really sad and it makes me angry. Um Yeah. I mean the stories is there. You know, um but that's what the music business do, take advantage of. That's why they don't like to sign older artists that have learned. Right. They constantly want to get new artists the so they can Yeah, so they can rob. What's your advice to the new generation of, of Bronx kids? Respect your community. You live you live here. Respect your community. Build on your community. When we when they said the Bronx was burning, lots and lots of rubble. Mm-hmm. Lots. You know, from blocks, three, four blocks, that's all rubble. That's how I came up. Right. And now? And now it looks much better. But the mentality is still not good. Right. I think in the and, Bronx, we, we have this mentality, you know, survival. Yeah. And, and that's good. But how do you want to survive? Not just survive, but yeah. flourish as well. Yeah. Um, when things happen, you know, I had this young lady say, well, the pioneers of hip-hop, that's all y'all do is talk. So I said, listen, well, then burn down the stores in your area. If you don't want to listen, burn down the stores, and then you're going to have to go to other people's area to shop, and they're going to get credit in their area because, you know, their if, area is vibing. If we invest in our community, our community grows. Not yes. necessarily, you know, financially, but if we mentally invest and we respect our community, the community will flourish. Yes. And people will, tourists will come because they got something to see. If they don't have nothing to see, why are they coming? So when is this hip-hop museum? I know now it's a pop-up shop under... Um, the shopping complex near Yankee Stadium, right? Yes. Exterior yes, Street? Yes. When is it planned for the... 2024. 2024. And it's right on the corner of 149th. The bridge that goes into Harlem is right there on that corner. And we're going to see the Cold Crush Brothers in that museum? Yes, yes. Yes, you will. And we'll see, we see, we can see you in D.C. as well, yes, right? Yes, and you can see me in the Smithsonian in Washington. And the National Hip Hop Museum. Yes, and, and you can see me in Seattle, Washington. I'm in f- I think you and I should just take flights around the country. Yeah. I actually want to take you now. We drive around and see what that key opens in the city. <laughs> That's open something here. <laughs> uh, yes, I hope it. I hope it opens people's heart and minds to really pay more attention to the culture of hip hop and to share um, positive vibes. Um, I just got an email. KRS One is putting together. August 12th on Cedric Avenue in front of big concert mm-hmm. in front of 1520 Cedric Avenue. Really? So, yes, I got to get back in touch with him and his people and, and see what's up. That is amazing. Yes. That's amazing. August 12th? Yes. August and we just 12th. go? Yeah. It's free. Free concert. It's a free concert. Who's your date? You have a date? I don't have a date. Well, I'm here. Let's go. <laughs> I got to date you and your husband. Yeah, well, we'll you know. <laughs> Actually, he'll probably lock me, he'll lock me in the house and go with you. He wants to hang out I, with you. I don't go that way. <laughs> no. um, 
how does it feel to have a key to the Bronx, or to the city it is, right? Yes, a key to the yes. city, and to be inducted into well, the Well, the Bronx is the city, too. It is part of the city, <laughs> but you, this key is for the entire city. Yes, yes. How does it feel, seriously, to have this key and to be inducted into the Smithsonian African American Museum? It must be. It's, it's a great feeling because these museums, I will be in them for eternity. And for younger young kids to be able to go and see somebody they might connect with, it's, it's no better feeling. Um, the things we do is because I want to leave a legacy. I want when I leave this earth, I want to feel that I left something for the youth to see and hope they get it, somebody that can actually talk to them and explain to them. But, like I said, people our age is still learning. I was at the Smithsonian, and somebody recognized me, and I said, yeah, my exhibit is on the third floor. And the dude was, like, real standoffish, and, like, he had an attitude. So his his female friend is standing behind him, like, like don't pay him no mind, like, but I'm looking at him like, why are you upset? I'm from the Bronx, you're from the Bronx. I'm standing here. I'm in this building. I'm not asking you to kiss my feet. But I'm saying, what's the hostility for? Because people don't know how to accept us because we're not rich. Right. So I'm just somebody from the hood and yeah, we know you, but you're not rich. Right. It's all, unfortunately, and it's so all about equated, money. And- yeah, they equated with the status of money. Um, I could have been rich if I wanted to sell my soul, if I wanted to be negative to get rich. When I met Russell Simmons, he wasn't rich. But he rich now. We, you know, because I see, he took advantage of a lot of people. I see this in in music now, like the people that are have the number one hits. Like some of their stuff is very like demonic. It's very, you know, it's very strange. You know, I don't know. I, I don't like it. And and because um, they being steered, they being steered in those directions. Um, enjoy life, and they don't. They really don't understand. You don't have to be negative to enjoy that. I often say, you know, back in the 90s, um, I'm actually a singer myself. I don't know if you know this, but um, my all-time favorite singer, The Voice, is Whitney Houston. Okay. And I yes. remember back, you know, in the early 90s or the 80s, you went on these award shows and you, like, Whitney sang. Celine yes. Dion sang. These yes. people sang. Yes. Now people are getting awards for, like, music that I don't understand or get and maybe that's okay but it just seems that there's a lack of talent lately so my Whitney story oh don't tell me if you met Whitney because I will fall off this chair I missed it by 10 minutes oh my gosh I came in the studio um and the dude was like yo Whitney what's Jesse I was like I I would have had to try you had to, yeah. I would have had to try. Hello, how you doing? My name is Tony. Right. <laughs> I would have tried. Um, yes, yes, I would have tried. But then later on, she started going with Bobby Brown. I was like, I'm ugly as Bobby Brown. You missed your chance. <laughs> <laughs> Joke. Sorry, Bobby. Joke. You know Bobby Brown? Yes, I, I, I met Bobby. I tell you, we used to open up for them, yes. 
You're, you know, <laughs> if I tell you how I know of Bobby Brown, other than Whitney, you're going to laugh. Britney Spears released okay. My Prerogative when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. And okay. they're like, this is a song by Bobby Brown. So then I researched just... <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at me like, <laughs> no, don't no, judge no, me, no, DJ no, Tony. No, no, no. Bobby is a good guy. You know, he got caught up in a lot of stuff. Listen, nobody's perfect, and we all have inner I, I issues was fortunate enough to, to learn from mistakes. Right. As a kid, I worked in tobacco down south, so I never wanted to smoke. Never. Anything. You probably hate the smell of it. Yeah. So, I'm in, everybody, I went to, I think I was in Amsterdam one time, and they give me this menu, and it's all weed, like, like 30 pages of different weed, right. and I'm saying, I don't smoke, I don't get high, and the question to me was, how are you in hip-hop and you don't get high? So, my answer to them was, the two actually don't go together. If you know yourself, you sure yourself. Right. And these are stereotypes that yes, we yes, constantly yes, have to yes, yes. get past. Const- yes. Now- you got to be a man and stand up as a man. You got to be who you want to be, not who they want to be. Because if I would have been a crackhead, I would have been an alcoholic if I did what other people wanted me to do. Right. But and you did. that wasn't me. You didn't. Now, here's the, uh, here's the most important question of all. It's 7 p.m. and you're hungry. Where in the Bronx are you going for dinner? Um, what business are you shouting out? I'm going to have to shout out Johnson's Soul Food. Where's this? 163rd and, and, and Forest Projects. Okay. Now, what are you ordering? Right off Prospect. Um, they've been there for four, over 40 years. Mm-hmm. When I go there, I, I try not to go there too often, maybe once every other month, because when they fill your plate, they fill your plate. I usually get the ribs, okay, um, collard greens, and candy yams. But this plate, and they just <laughs> went up on their price. They just went up. It, it was like twelve to sixteen dollar for years, and okay. they just went up on their prices after COVID. Right. But it's enough to feed. Feed four. Oh, it's huge. Yes. So, so you have meals for a few, like a day yeah, or two. So, yeah. Yeah. So I usually eat off. If I eat off it by myself, it's a three day. Situation. It sounds like Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you know, he's like so Johnson. Slab of Johnson. Johnson soul food. It's a slab of ribs, like wow, and then they got the mustard sauce, uh-huh. and then they got the red sauce. So you know, spicy. Yes, uh, the mustard sauce. What are the Scotch bonnet peppers? That's what they use, right? <laughs> Those peppers are no joke. So, and I think it's only one. I think they only got one. I asked to do. I said, "How much would it cost to open up another Johnson?" He gave me a figure. I don't have that type of money. Right. But they've been there for forty years, and I'm a shout out Johnsons. Awesome. I'm gonna have to check that out. Check it out. Be ready to lick your fingers. <laughs> well, DJ Tony Crush, thank you so much for joining us on the Four Bronx Community Podcast. And it's really been a pleasure. And um, Well, I'm a community man. I see y'all do a lot we of do, stuff. Yeah, we have pictures here on the wall of um, all the community I have stuff. a sound company. I have a DJ company. I'm getting ready to start a DJ school. Oh. I might try to start one in the Bronx, but right now I'm starting one up in Connecticut because I live up there. 
Um, my friend in Denver got the DJ school. They got the Scratch Academy down in Manhattan that okay. Grand Wizard Theodore teaches at for years. Um, Jam Master Jay started the uh, Scratch Academy before he was taken off the earth. Um, matter of fact, Grand Wizard Theodore lives in Van Cortland. He lives close to here, and he's credited to be the inventor of the Scratch. So maybe I might Jack have Portland. to. Yes, I may have to hook, hook you up with him and let you do an interview with him. Wow, that would be amazing. Yes. There's so much history. Like you know, we don't realize this, but there's so much history in the Bronx, and yes. there's so many stories. You know. Oh, I'm gonna tell ask me, you one. Hey, I'm gonna put you on on the um on the spot. You're gonna ask me a question. Oh I'm my goodness. Ask, I need a favor. Uh oh. Gaelic Park. Okay. I need to be able to do something. Rocksteady Crew used to do their anniversary at Gaelic Park. And I'm driving by there. I'm saying, oh, that's the spot. And we need to do um, something real positive. Okay, Gaelic Park, Manhattan College. You hear this. DJ Tony Crush wants to use your I'm doing um, 50 DJs in September um, to tribute the DJs because the DJs started hip-hop. So I'm doing September 23rd mm-hmm. in St. Mary's Park. I'm doing 50 DJs. I got DJs coming from D.C. Um, I'm trying to get DJs to come from Denver and come to the home of hip-hop. Right. To, to just be part of the 50 DJs, part one. Maybe I do the second one at Gaelic Park. You know, you honest. gave me chills when you said Gaelic Park because my family actually is here in this country okay. because of that park. Okay. My grandfather was a hurler in Ireland. Okay. And he got his visa to come here so he could play in Gaelic Park. Okay. So because you said that, I was just, I feel like, you know, I have like chills. Hey, so let's, let's continue. We, we can send out an email and see what they say. Okay. And um, hopefully they hear this and they accommodate. So thank you so much, DJ Tony. And it's going to be peaceful. 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 Peaceful, Yes. Yes. Peaceful and a lot of fun. My pleasure. I left Connecticut this morning at 7 o'clock to get here on time. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, that's what I like about the Cold Crush Brothers. You know, you guys were brought up in the Bronx, right? You started hip-hop in the Bronx, and you give back to the Bronx. There's so many artists who shout out the Bronx, and they don't do anything here. But And and I want to share this. I grew up very hoodish, but it helped me because people think it was easy starting hip-hop and creating hip-hop and growing hip-hop. Every place we went to perform, to do parties, was somebody else's hood in another city, in another state. So we had to be tough enough to endure and come home safe. And how do you grow? Like, I'm sure everyone feels this way. How do you grow? Like, when a person grows, they get so much haters. They get so many haters. How, sometimes it's exhausting, and sometimes you just want to give up. So what's your advice to somebody on that? Um, keep, keep, keep in the, your, your direction. Because even though you have haters, they hate because they're learning from you. Right. That's why they hate you, because they're learning from you. And some people ain't built the lead. And some, but they don't understand that. It takes a whole lot to lead. Um, I'm, I'm accredited to bringing Latin into hip hop. My partner is Puerto Rican, okay. DJ Charlie Chase. When I met him, I never knew about him. But 
I wanted to bring the two coaches together. So I went through him and his, not him, but his friends calling me the N-word. And I didn't retaliate. I just let it happen because I had a bigger plan. And I'm, and I'm 19, 20 at the time. Very, like I said, hoodish. But I thought past that because I wanted to bring the Latinos into hip-hop culture. Um, later on, Crazy Leg and the Rocksteady crew, they elevated B-Boy in, in, in hip-hop. Now, 2024, B-Boy is going to be in the Olympics in France. Wow. So these, what we started is still growing. It's still touching different situations. B-Boy is going into the Olympics next year. That's amazing. Hip-hop is in the Smithsonian. Hip-hop is growing. It's growing. And you never yeah. thought back in, in the 70s that, that it would be like this, right? Now we got did you ever, politicians. Did you that, ever believe that there would be a museum in the Bronx dedicated to hip-hop? No. No. But we pushed for it to be universal. Us being invited to the United Nations in the year 2000, really open our eyes to where we can go and the impact that you make yeah. and yeah. that's and that's important and yeah. all that hate and all that stuff doesn't really matter when you see the bigger picture yeah so. and we try to keep we don't want to disrespect the new rappers mm -hmm. but we try to keep it under control because we figure okay if they showing so much negative the older ones we got to show more positive right we got to give to the community. We got to be seen with this and different national. My, my best friend, God bless him, rest in peace. He was Italian. And every day, what we doing? What we doing? But a lot of people thought he was Spanish. And we would be someplace and they would talk to him in Spanish. He'd be like, I don't know what you said. Because he was actually Italian. Right. You know, I, I hear, you know, during this year, I've heard a lot like the Bronx is going through a renaissance. But I believe that the renaissance started long ago. Yes. And yes. we would not be able to do what we do um, or accomplish what we need to accomplish without the pioneers. And DJ Tony Crush, we thank you for being a pioneer and paving the way for the younger generations to succeed. And to make something of themselves despite all the challenges that we have you know we have faced here in this borough so I'm very hopeful that this borough is going to flourish in the years to come and it's you know it's a big thank you to you and we so. try we still trying um, we don't try to pat ourselves on the back we want people to realize what we doing is not just for us it's for all of us right it's not what we do um they just started Thursdays in Contona Park. Thousands of people out there just enjoying the music. Music really brings people together. Yes, it's all DJs playing music. Um, I started it off. I was the first DJ this year. Um, created a vibe. And then the other DJs, it was five DJs after me that had to keep that vibe going. Um, yesterday I heard it was a... You know, we try to do different kinds of DJs, party rockers, um, blenders, you know, try right. to mix it up. Um, 
So it's 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 something worth seeing. It's right. something worth seeing. Well, and, and I try to take it. I was trying to do hip hop hands across America uh-huh. and try to take it to different parks in different states. Talk. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. I can hear you talk all day. I'm actually relaxing. So you know, it's it was just such an honor to have you here, and and thank you so much. And please uh, look up DJ Tony Crush and the Cold Crush Brothers. I've seen a music video where you guys were all like dancing with like the white and black floor yeah so yeah. cool so yes. like your stores spend so much money to try to get the aesthetic of that <laughs> you know what I mean I've seen yeah. and you guys were just too cool yeah. just too cool we'll never um, be as cool as you you know we it's been thousands of uh, um, when we was coming up we would have a party in every barrel mm-hmm Every weekend, but the like, best parties were in the Bronx. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. You we, hear that, right? We would save the Bronx for last. Yes, I'm Come sure. Home, right? <laughs> Come home last. Yes, yes. So thank you so much, and this wraps up episode three of the Four Bronx Community Podcast. Thank you so much, DJ Tony My Crush. My pleasure. My pleasure. Well, friends, that wraps up another episode of the Four Bronx Community Podcast. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, email me today at laura4bronx at gmail.com. Join us next time.